Are, are we kicking off? Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's already the show. See, that way I don't have to think up a funny way to start it. I was having some seltzer water. You're really leaning on that spit take. Now it's become a, a, a choking take, coughing take. Well, just as God it used made to me. Be. I can name every kind of take. Choking take. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. This is John Syracuse's program where he and I try to figure out how we got the way that we are. How are you this week, John? I'm continuing to be amazed at how weird and awkward you uh, make your intros. You think, well, he's done now. He's just doing the thing now where he talks about, uh, hey, welcome to the show. This is the show, blah, blah, blah. How could it get any worse? And now you've started saying that it's my show. Mm -hmm. Welcome to it. And I just, I'm wondering where this is going to go. I am too, John. I really am. I'm just like, is there going to be a thing where you're going to explain what a podcast is? And then you're going to go into a digression about iPods. I don't know where it's going to go. All I know is that for someone who used to want to just have a cold open and get right to it. Now you're doing this whole Dan Benjamin style thing where you say that it's my show and then you explain to people what it is. Anyway, here we are. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. We have some follow-up. We do. First item is by you here. You put it in the wrong font, and I fixed it. We had an episode that we released uh, last week. And you know, here's the thing. I buy your whole cockamamie routine about, oh, I'm special, I'm hypercritical. Is there a version of that where people actually have a way that they would like something to be improved rather than just pointing out something that they claim not to like about it. I think the way I open it is delightful. It's dynamic. I'm always in the moment with you. How -hmm. would you like to start the show, John? I don't know. Um, I mean, apparently Uh I'm going to start the show by just complaining about how you start the show. That's the thing, because that's what you're, you're basically, it's like, you know, it's a dominoes here. You know, once, once Merlin falls, then knocks me over and then just around we go. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. So is that what is the domino theory? What was the, what was the Vietnam communist thing? Um, yeah, something like that. The domino, domino effect or like, it's probably a doctrine name for that. Yeah. Not one domino shall well, fall. Yeah, well, Kissinger's dead now, so we can leave that all behind. Too soon. No. Would you like it to be informal? Like you want an informal beginning. Is that right? What would you like it to do? Just a little bit. Just give me a I don't sense. I think you of, need to introduce the show. I don't think you need to explain what a podcast is. I don't think you need to do the BS thing, the Dan Benjamin style thing where you say it's my show. That's, you're learning bad habits from Dan. You, you're, you, mm-hmm. Your influence is like what uh, your parents tell you you're hanging out with uh, bad kids and they're bad influence on yes. you. Dan Benjamin is a bad influence on you. Huh. He makes you do bad things. You, you've given me much to think about. Mm-hmm. The last episode we put out, I don't know what number it is, uh, we put out an episode, and during that episode we talked about chapter markers, and I expressed my, I think, extremely nuanced reservations about chapter markers, but I, I broke a promise, an assurance, which was that last week, last episode, I had said there would be chapter markers in it. Uh, I was under the weather, and as things turned out, I wasn't able to do it. I'd rather get the episode out than, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of John Syracuse. But we did get it out. And what I feel comfortable saying this week is uh, we hear you. Um, I mean, I super hear the thing about uh, members wanting a way to be able to jump straight to the after show. Um, I don't want to make any promises, but I feel fairly confident saying when this episode, you'll know because you're looking at it now. John doesn't like it when I talk about the show on the show, but you'll be able to see if there's chapter markers. You can go and go into your overcast and see, but um, I'm going to, make a, a furtive, is that the word? Uh, Frank Furter effort to, uh, to do that. Uh, I hear you. 
And, um, you know, I'll work on that. What do you think of that, Sean? Yeah, two things to say about that. I think I've already forgotten one of them, but we'll find out when I We'll get the it. First we'll one. get it. It's in the yeah. document. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing is that, as I said last week, and as I continue to believe this week, what people actually care about is chapter markers on old episodes. And I've actually been thinking about a way to do that because, you know, there's that little, the guitar jingle that's only in the members only episode between them. Yeah, absolutely. There's that. I bet that is findable. Yeah. Maybe not like even with an AI prog- thing, but yeah. Programmatically. At the very least. Yeah. Right. Okay. If, if, we could, yeah. if we could programmatically find that. And then what I would do is I'm not going to add chapters to the old ones. Oh, now I remember the second thing is system at least works. timestamp. Anyway, um, yeah, I would if I would find all if I could programmatically find all the timestamps. What I would do is I put in the show notes for all the past episodes, just like uh, after show starts at timestamp. Are you whatever. willing to take that on as a provisional project? I'm just thinking about it now. I'm not sure if it's even feasible because I well, don't let's actually try running know. it on five and like five episodes and see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't. I, well, I don't actually know how to find audio inside other audio because I've never done it before. But I'm looking into it. But anyway, yes, obviously the best time to plant a tree is 25 episodes ago, right? But the second best time is now. So I endorse Merlin's plan to experiment with putting chapter markers in this episode, even if it's only just the dividing line between the after show and the regular show. And the second thing that I had previously forgotten but now remembered again is that I bet a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people, some people listening to this episode have no idea what we're talking about when we say chapter markers. Because That's a really good point, John. The, the number of podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and the number of podcasts I listen to that have chapter markers in them is very, very small, percentage-wise and in absolute numbers. Um, Especially the outside the tech world. Yeah. the the uh, Most podcasts are distributed as MP3 files. You may have heard of those. The MP3 file format supports the thing where you can give like a little table of contents. Starting at five minutes and 28 seconds, chapter whatever begins. And then you can just mark off different parts. You give you a name for the chapter and you give a timestamp for it. And you can do other fancy things too with like images. And But anyway, um, a podcast client has to know that it can look inside the MP3 file, MP3 file to find those chapters. And then it has to display them to you in some way in the podcast playing client. If you're using Overcast, Mark Armand's podcast player, it knows about chapters and it will display them to you if you swipe right on the little now playing screen. You'll see a list of all the chapters. You'll see your progress through whatever chapter you're in. You'll see the timestamps from them. You can jump among chapters, blah, blah, blah. Lots of people, even if they're using a podcast cl- a client that supports chapters, don't know that the, that even exists. So when we say chapters, they're like, I don't know what you mean. I didn't really? see anything yeah, about are, that are you, on the is website. Is that a reckon, or do you think you know that? That's definitely a real thing. Like, go to anybody who is not like a hardcore, like Relay FM or ATP fan <laughs> and say, right, right. do you use chapters? Because look at, look at the popular podcast. Go to like, you know... <laughs> Any any popular podcast, go to any of the NPR well, shows. Do you want to take a guess life. why? I'm I'm it's I don't know. Like it's it's too much of a hassle to add them. Well, I mean, I I don't mean to sound cynical about this, but I, I mean the simple answer I think is advertising. But the deeper answer is DAI, dynamic ad insertion. Yeah, but even be, even before DAI, no one did chapters. Like chapters are not a new innovation that existed for a long time. Right. I, you know, and these, you know, it boggles my mind because these people have like a staff of seven that's putting together this podcast. And it's like, <laughs> well, we do all this stuff, but we can't do chapters. Yes. Nowadays, what Merlin means by DI is dynamic ad insertion, where you put in ads at different links and that screws up all the offsets and it makes it more difficult. Well, Not that you, you basically couldn't do, do is it. You, you leave, you leave a little dollar sign placeholder. Well, some of them just guess where it should go. Like fast TV services mm-hmm. that just put an ad wherever every N minutes. Woof. But um, the idea here is you put in, if you are a responsible podcast maker working for one of those terrible networks, uh, you leave a little placeholder, two, three placeholders, whatever, and they put in whatever they've got. This is the one reason that became a big deal, it, it's my understanding, 
um, is that wanting to, forgive my saying, monetize old episodes. And so to monetize like a classic episode of your show, it's beneficial to not have that be for, for example, a DTC service that doesn't exist anymore. It would be more valuable to put in some subscription box service or VPN or whatever, and that can get updated at the time, like just right before download, which makes sense. And it's like, it's, it's one way to make money, but it's, you know, if you want a good implementation, see how chapters can be done well, look at John's uh, more popular, better show, um, go to atp.fm, download an episode, and you should be able to see, um, you know, creative, creative yeah. and thoughtful use of that. If, if your podcast client supports it. And by the way, the dynamic ad insertion just makes chapters more difficult because obviously as you put uh, differently sized ads in those slots, you have to adjust the chapters as well. That can be done programmatically. It's not rocket science. Just nobody does it. No one adds chapters in the first place. No one adjusts the chapters after doing the AI. They just ignore chapters entirely. Uh, I, mean, I don't know why. But anyway, um, we didn't put them in ATP for the first few years. But once we started adding them, it's just so convenient. Like we, we have fun yes. with them. We put little chapter images in there sometimes. Like when, you do, when you do your like member episode ones where you try pizza or food or some other foods, mm-hmm. it's fun. Marco does a nice job of putting in uh, the image of like what's happening right now. Yeah, and for people who are asking, like those images are actually in the MP3 file. Like they're and, in there. They're are JPEGs. optimized. <laughs> there are JPEGs inside the MP3. It's not going out to a server. It's not getting some kind of tracking ID. The actual MP3 file you get has a little table of contents, which we call chapters, that has all the offsets. And then if there's any images embedded in there, they're inside them. And if you're using a good podcast player as you're playing it, if we say we'll make this the chapter art or whatever, you can look at your podcast pl- player instead of seeing the show art for the show and overcast, you'll see the little picture we put in that chapter uh, and you can jump around from chapter to chapter. And hopefully with this show someday, you'll be able to find where the after show begins. Uh, failing that, by the way, just move the scrubber to like the middle. <laughs> like, honestly, the the members only after shows pretty much double the length of most of the uh, the episodes that we do this on. So just, yeah. Yeah, just move the scrubber into the middle and uh, you'll find the after show eventually. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good point. We'll do it. Um, another piece of follow-up from listener Sam Davies. This is good. Or is it? I, I can, is I can it? Well, use this. Do, this helps me. Do, do you like uh, this? Is oh, just sorry, a Sam Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. <laughs> this guy's name was like Mr. Beefy or something. I'm like, I should look up his real name because I don't want to read Mr. Beefy on the, on no, the, nor do on I. the show. Right. And so I looked up, what's this guy's real name? And of course, it's Sam D-A-V-I-E-S, which we also don't know how to pronounce the previous episode because... Sometimes they say Davis, and sometimes they say Davies. I'm going to say Davies. Uh, That's fine with me, and relevantly enough, it's about pronunciation. Yeah, so Sam Davies writes, I used to share office space with Lucy Dacus' dad. I can affirmatively say that he pronounces his name day like the unit of time and cuss like you were saying a swear word. So Lucy Dacus. You were right, I was wrong. Lou Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis' brother, Lou. Lou Sudeikis, Lucy Dacus. (laughs) And I like how no, I, I like how demonic that is. Yeah, I like how Sam wrote Dacus's D A C U S apostrophe S. If the word ends in S and you want to make it possessive, belonging to that one person whose last name's an S that ends in S, put an apostrophe S. You're not Jesus. Just say Shrunk and white. Read it. U S yep. apostrophe S. Yep. yep. I hate yep. when people do Steve Jobs and they do Steve Jobs and then S apostrophe and that's it. You got to yeah, because you're supposed Jobs's. to make that up by making extra mouth noises. Steve Jobs's Jobs's. Yeah. Hobbits, hobbitses, yeah. Anyway, I hate them. He hates them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smeagol, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you want to keep going? 
Yeah, that was our that was our follow up. We did I know. That, we I, I have the document open, John. I can see the document. I oh, I said. Not, a, did you see? I added a new one to uh, things that took me too long to realize. I had a couple mm-hmm. new ones. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, right. you, I see you added TK, TK, TK. That's not the new one, huh? That's so I can do a return after TK and have a bullet. Otherwise, I don't mm-hmm. get a bullet. How would you mm-hmm. do a How would you do a bullet on the first? I, line? I don't know where you added the new one. Did you add it at the bottom? No, runner TK, Jack Donaghy. Oh, yeah. All right. How how do you do that? Don't you want to leave a place in Markdown, especially, or this in, in Google Docs? Don't you want to leave a place? That's why I do my no, photos. No, I know that you do that, and I undo it constantly. This okay, is one but then of our, what do you, how do you add something to the top without having to type just, like a monster? Would you like, me to, would you like me to show you? I'll do it oh, right in well, front of you. Oh, that's right. You're the guy who types his own HTML by hand. No, no. Are you ready? Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to add an item before TK, TK, TK. You want, you want to see how I'm going to do it? Shift ready? Return, shift return. Step one. Do you see my step one? Yes, John. Step two, I've done oh. it. Step three, up arrow. Okay. Ta-da! Leave that da, in. Da-da-da, I undid it. You can take out my TK, that's fine. Okay. Do, you see, do, you, do you see the system? See how it works? Ready? Right before the J, return. Yeah, thank, you, thank you, John. It's, it's terrific. You would, be, you would be such an interesting teacher because you, you don't really want to teach anybody anything useful. You, you just want to let them know what they're doing wrong. I just taught you something useful. No feign uh-huh. surprise. I wasn't surprised you didn't know this. I didn't feign surprise. <laughs> Are you blue? Badabadee. I got to get that. Uh, I got the link. In, uh, yeah, last. Uh, you did. Oh, Eiffel Tower. Or whatever they're called. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's not, not, a, that's not what not, I thought it was. It's not what you thought it was. Well, yeah. you really you really wear me down. 1524. Uh, you really wear me down, John. I, I came in cock of the walk. I, I didn't get a nap or food. You didn't have a nap today. You didn't come. You came in, you know, low you energy. You have any idea how much I've done today, John, given my feeble condition well you didn't you didn't you didn't have the nap i know you did a lot of infill oh, an infill yeah, sampler is what you've got i love that gyroid Oof. it's like a whitman sampler but with infill <laughs> i never liked whitman samplers i did i did like stu- them huh i like i like the whole aesthetic i like the little sort of granny oh, I love patterning that. in the yellow I, I love the i love of course because i even as a child i love what i didn't know were called infographics mm-hmm. i love the like outline of like here's what each one of these is yeah i just i don't i i mean now i like dark chocolate okay now mm-hmm. i like it but like you know i was a little kid i wanted to eat wait was uh, whitman's samplers dark i thought it was kind of milk chocolate well my memory of any sampler be, being a sampler and they're having fun with that because they're making mm-hmm. it look like the kind of sampler as in like something that you do with needlepoint sampler but sampler right, as right. in sample of chocolates but like 80% of the stuff in there had something in there that like gacked up the good chocolate when it was good chocolate. There'd be some orange stuff in it. Gross. There'd be a nut. No, you don't like the, the ones with the little orange gel. No, things? I mean like that's no. a little, I mean, as a child, that was a way too sophisticated taste for my palate. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I ate a chocolate? The time you ate a chocolate, maybe. The- uh, it's, it's quick. It's quick. We went to visit my um, my my father. Happened to be really good friends with his boss at his job, and we were close with their family. And so I was. He was a little. He was, was after he died, I think. So I was probably about eight, eight or nine. And we went to uh, the house and visited their beautiful home and hung out with his his wonderful wife. And she was like, "Would you like some chocolate?" And I'm like, "If 
yes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I stuck my little Revio-sized fist in the box and grabbed something and popped it in my <laughs> mouth. And it was the most hair-curling piece of crap chocolate I'd ever eaten in my life. I'm going to just do this from memory, but it was probably like dark chocolate with orange stuff and a nut and maybe some other surprise, like maybe it smelled like lavender or something. That sounds, well, other than la- you had me until the lavender, but I'm on board with all that. We well, can get lavender chocolate, but no, I, I um, like no, I don't. I, I, I really dislike the smell. I, of I heard you say that on, on Roderick, where the oh, yeah, you feel like you can, can taste, feel it. Like you can can taste, taste it. it. Well, obviously, smell is a huge portion of taste, so you're kind of like uh, being a little redundant there. But well, my wife spilled accidentally spilled an essential oils, like one of those mm-hmm. little bottles of lavender, I think in her in her drawer. And it just made the whole place. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't like it. I don't like lavender at all. And I also don't, I especially don't like any food that is supposedly lavender flavored or scented or anything. It's just so bad. Lavender, like so many scents, can be really lovely when there's just a little bit. So I pop this thing in my mouth. Hump. I bite yeah. into it at Mrs. Johnson's house. And, and, I'm, and I'm suddenly like, oh, no. I will not be able to get this down. So think about this. I've just put a chocolate in my mouth that, agree or not, like... I mean, you just got to chew and swallow then, right? I mean, aren't there foods... A a grasshopper on Survivor, you know? I mean, just... I mean, aren't there foods that just, like, would set your teeth on edge when you were a kid? Like, if somebody handed you, like, a classic would be like, oh, have this, it's a delicious treat, and you bite into it, and it's a Brussels sprout, and you're like, oh, no, you fooled me, I hate Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. Well, this had, like, four things, including chocolate I don't like in it. The point is, I was so terrified to embarrass my mom that I sat there with a bitten into chocolate in my mouth for what felt like an hour. It was probably 10 minutes, but I did eventually, and I went in there and went, and spat the thing out. I mean, see, all you're doing is making it worse because now you've got it in your mouth for longer, right? Right? Like, well, it's you not a child, John. It's, it's right in there. I'm just saying, like, you had all this time to think about it. Anyway, can you look at this picture of the Whitman sampler? This assorted Whitman sampler here yes. that I put in the, and, and, uh, I am looking, I'm looking at it now. If you look at that box, let's look at the one that's on an angle because you can't really see the one that's obscured. So just look at the one on the angle. John has sent a picture of a Whitman sampler. It's a rectangular box where you take the lid off that says Whitman sampler. And then inside is an irregular grid of little chocolates and probably in the lid or on a piece of paper, I'm guessing there would be a key that gives you a rough idea what's in each one of these. Mm-hmm. And I think I like every single one that is shown here. And I You've think I can picture to, what's in there. Hang on though. Hang on. Don't, don't, don't move the goalposts. When the you only ones I'm say, the, two, the two ones in the middle that have look like they have little pictures of guys imprinted on them. Those are just plain chocolate and those are meh. Those yeah, are probably my least favorite. There's a name for those. Thing. There's like a named after like a French soldier or something, I think. Yeah, but th- I think those are just plain chocolate, and so they're very boring. But okay, everything else, top, I'm on board top with. Top left, uh, you can tell is a dark chocolate. No, thank you. Those little the, logs, you don't, you don't really You still don't like dark chocolate? I love dark chocolate. I enjoy dark chocolate, but like, do you like anchovies? Uh, I don't think I do. Okay, I love anchovies, but I adore anchovies. And when I get my, what I call my dad pizza... I get this unholy dad pizza that's just toppings that everybody but me hates. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a thing that people say about anchovies that is true for a lot of things, and it's true for certain kinds of treats, which is, I, I, I want to know what it is. I want to know it's there. Like, don't hand me something with olives, anchovies, or freaking raisins in it, and let me raisins. discover that. You're anti-raisin? How are you pro-raisin? It's like the oh, lowest form of raisin. fruit. Okay, hand me a sunmaid. I'll gulp them down. Yum. Oh, here. I, I have, I have How about some a potato? Ra- you like a potato salad, John? You like that? 
I have, I put raisins. I put golden raisins in my what is wrong Thanksgiving with you? stuffing. Forgive my saying, John. You're starting to really push my buttons here. You, you are a pod person. What are you talking about? Raisins ruin. You don't food. put you don't put golden raisins in your Thanksgiving stuffing. Oh my you should. God! You in a savory should. dish. Yeah. Well, there's apples in there too. Yeah, that's the sweet component. What are you talking yes. about? Chopped up apples in your. This is Ugh. Betty Crocker's recipe. I'm not being revolutionary here. Here, I want to show you're you something. Hide behind Betty Crocker. This is gonna be. This is gonna be lost on you because you're not a raisin person. But please take a look at these raisins. I here. I will eat and enjoy raisins. John has sent me a picture of two piles of raisins. They look like little turds. Um, and the ones on the left are big and plump, and the ones on the right are more sort of uh, prune looking. Two piles. This has been an issue for me. We used to. I I I started getting raisins many many years ago. That I was like, I really like these raisins, and then they disappeared from my store shelves. The ones and on the left. Were, and the only thing that was left was the brand that everybody knows, at least on the East Coast. What is it? When you think of raisins, think of a brand. Sunmade. Yes. Uh, one of these in this picture is Sunmade. Can you identify it? The ones on the right. That's right. Those are Sunmade raisins. I think we all know those raisins. They're they're, they're smaller. Raisins. I mean, all we have to compare. There's no scale here. But all we have to compare is that there's two piles. One looks darker and richer on the left, and the ones on the right look a little more played. Yeah, and the ones on the right, they're, they're just, they're desiccated. I mean, they're raisins. They're supposed to be dried, but they're more shriveled, more dried, more kind of like dusty. You know, you know, you get yeah. them in a little red box when you're a kid. Those are sun-made raisins. We know exactly what those are. The ones on the left. sitting on a shelf for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> the ones on the left, those glossy, those beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. dark plump raisins i know this seems contradictory because of course they're supposed to, they're dry no, they're dry you're, grapes you're like doing get fine it. you're doing fine um those are dole brand raisins and they are shut amazing. your mouth d-o-l-e the the pineapple and banana people or whatever dole brand raisins you can get them on amazon i used to be able to find them in my supermarkets if you can find dole raisins get some they will change your life if you put, are a raisin put them in person notes. put them in notes um i am a big fan of nuts.com i feel like i probably learned about it from marco I love nuts.com because I love nuts. And their nuts are just, they're so good and they're so big and they're so delicious and there's so many options, like the amount of salt you want, et cetera. But I think still their number one seller is something that is not a food I normally seek out or enjoy, but that's really good. Have you tried the dried mangoes? Um. If you I, like dried fruit, I, you yeah, should really I think, try I, I, think I, ha- I have had dried mangoes before. I don't know if I've had a dr- John, they're bursting com. with flavor. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on dried fruit. When I get when I order from nuts.com, I order a, sort of a medley of dried fruits that I make a like a, a dried fruit mix with, which You're is 80. very dangerous for me because... Old. Yeah, well, because I think at nuts.com... You have it with an insurer to wash it down. <laughs> at, at nuts.com, I think when you buy stuff like that, I think the minimum amount you can usually get is a pound. But if you're putting like six ingredients, you just bought six pounds of dried fruit. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I weigh, I just for what it's worth, I way overbought on my last nuts.com. Yeah. Like I, I was, you know how you get sometimes when you're like, oh man, I should get some nuts. And while it's a good, cool company and while I'm at it, I'll get more than I need. So I got my macadamias. I got pecans. Macadamias, I got, pricey, pricey. I mean, maybe cheaper for you because you're close, you're closer to Hawaii. I don't think that factors into it, but yeah. the, um, uh, I got the mangoes and I also got these like individual packaged ones that I thought would be good for like a car trip or something. Mm-hmm. How, 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 uh, did, if you had to characterize the uh, texture of the dried mangoes, are we saying like leather, like fruit leather texture? Are they softer than that? Are they harder? Well, no, it's funny. It's funny you should say that. Cause what I was about to say was, I mean, my favorite 
Merlin brings food to eat in the car, one of my favorite foods has been banned. I am not allowed to have food in the car that smells in any way. <laughs> anchovies? Is it, is it anchovies? I mean, I, they're, in a, they're in a bowl. It's a lavender-scented anchovies. <laughs> it's, it's en Francais. It's Provençal. Um, but, like, uh, for me, like, um, the, one of the big band was, well, it's, it's beef jerky. I'm not picky mm, yeah. about beef jerky. No, that, you but, mean like but, dog treat, dog treats from Merlin, yeah. Kind of, but let me pivot here. Like you got your two little raisin turds, those piles. Mm. Like the ones on the right are like what a lot of beef jerky is, which is fine. In the same way that crappy sun-made raisins are fine. But you know the difference in those big plump ones. You get you some like high-quality beef jerky, Jiminy Christmas. Talk about bursting with flavor. Make Huge your coat, difference. Makes your coat real glossy, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I like scritches. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a big on beef jerky, but they they both both these things that we're describing. I mean, I guess the beef jerky is banned because it stinks up the car. Yep. But the problem with me getting you know seven pounds of dried fruit. I mean, you know the problem. Not to get too graphic, but if you eat too much dried fruit, a you're going to have a tum tum ache, and b your poop's going to be real hard. Yeah, I recently got back into Honeycrisp apples. I'm not a big fruit person by nature, but I really. I, and I've tried jazz apples, which Max Temkin told me is the best apple. But um, <laughs> is that code for something? I thought. Did you have? Didn't jazz apples mean something? Jazz apples definitely sounds like code for something mm-hmm. from any number of different domains. Of course, it does sound like a, a cor- horse that's pulling a carriage, like like pooped on the road or something. Mm-hmm. But Honeycrisp apples are so freaking good. And again, to spare our listeners, boy, they'll bulk you up. The bull kept yeah. real good. Yeah. Um, those are terrific. Uh, I, I should also confess something. The genesis of dad is not allowed to have food that smells in the car mm-hmm. is kind of understandable. Because let me stipulate, farts and opinions. Mm-hmm. We like our own and we hate mm-hmm. everyone else's. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the, one of the reasons you don't want to give them to dogs because well, they like, have... No matter what food you like... Being stuck on a plane, I once sat down next to a woman who brought a large pizza and I ate a large. That. And that's, that's I just like bet. the iMac guy with the dog. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and also if I had to choose like the the inappropriate food on the plane thing, pizza would be pretty high up compared to things like oh, you, you know oh, like a oh, oh, like a submarine to, yeah. sandwich, as they say, filled well, with onions that's or the something. Sandwich. Our last trip coming back from Rhode Island, uh, yeah, or excuse me, coming back from New York, all we could get was firehouse subs which took like 40 minutes. And so I'm like, I'm just walking through the pan- plane apologizing. Did, did, did you, you ate them on the plane? Yes, we hadn't had food, John. Uh, yeah, all right. So now you, you're that you're that family. I mean, did, did you would, people around you were wishing you had, had eaten pizzas did, at that point. Gosh darn it. Darn you, Bob. You you don't get context. If you're stuck, I, you got a flight. I get, flight. I get you got the 40. context. Everyone's got a reason. The person next to you who's eating you're the anchovies and dark chocolate sandwich. I practically invented everybody has a reason. It's <laughs> yeah, sickening. I don't but think like, you but did. Like, you know, like, I love a hoagie. And what I call a hoagie, a grinder, whatever, everybody calls them different things. I There's a kind of sandwich we used to get, usually at Italian places, that I think is fairly close probably to a Philadelphia hoagie. And the thing that makes a hoagie a hoagie, again, forgive my saying, if your hoagie doesn't smell like B.O., it's not really a hoagie. <laughs> no, you always say that, but we've had this discussion before. I'm like, I don't understand what, what volatile compound that it's you're, the, you're it's saying is involved It's the onions and the dressing. Yes, the dressing. But why is the vinegar coming out of your bo- body as BO, though? Like, Well, no, it's just that it, it's like, why do you, what mothballs smell like old people? 
Now? <laughs> I don't think they do. I think old people just smell like mothballs sometimes. Have you ever smelled an old person up close? <laughs> I sure have. You ever really get in there? I've really gotten in there. The best thing is to is to come at them when they're when they're sleeping and scratch their head and get a whiff. You really get a sense. Yeah, of yeah. No, it's is that the where, opposite where, where of like how babies live. how babies' heads smell amazing? So can someone can someone study that with science, please? Oh, Mike Montero did that the first time he came and met our baby. Um, he totally did that. He's like, give me the baby because <laughs> it's Mike Montero, and he scratched the kid's head and smelled it. And goes, mmm, still fresh. I mean, that's people who aren't parents or aren't close to little babies don't know. Babies' heads babies, smell babies good. Babies smell so good. Babies' heads smell good. Their butts tend to not smell great. They smell clean good. But the baby babies' heads smell in a way that humans' head human heads will never smell that for the rest of that baby's life. Their head will eventually not smell. My like head it. smells pretty good. I smell like I smell like Neutrogena. There's no way your head smells good. There's absolutely no way. Well, I use sometimes I use Neutrogena and sometimes I, I use the regular, the one that smells like my girlfriend f- from college. Yeah, I know, but that's just you're just you're just putting fragrances on. I'm saying the natural smell of your head is not good and hasn't been. Oh, for, I see. For my natural many many years. Boy, I think we're all learning a lot about my problems today. This has really and been all a of our problems. Episode. None of our heads smell like baby heads. Oh yeah, they all unless for our baby, unless for our baby listeners out there, your heads smell great, but they can't understand us. Yeah, don't be racist. Stupid babies. Babies are stupid. <sighs> I met a really good baby in the emergency room last week. I'll talk about it someday. Um, uh, what, what was I talking about? Smells. Oh, 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 yeah. So, 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 hoagie smells like bo, mainly from the slivered onions, I think. But um, here's where the rule came from. One time we stopped off at uh, probably Whole Foods, and I don't know if you've ever seen this. And this is this is probably something you eat a lot because you have an Italian American background and enjoy. Food, you know, like the kind of kind of hams, salamis that you get on like a charcuterie. Mm-hmm. One of those little plastic packs, like Colombo or whatever. I got me a Colombo uh, variety pack, and you know, as much as as much as a person enjoys lovely aged ham, salami, uh, sopracetta, is that how it's sure. pronounced? Yeah, you know, if you eat that in the car, your thirteen year old gets real mad. I don't know. I think that's a good smell. And I think if your BO smells, smells like, like onions, if bit. your BO smells like onions, it's because you just ate onions. Like it's not like the body odor's natural smell is not onion. Body odor from just someone so, who ate so a lot of onions. No, John, John does something extraordinary that I could choose to do, but I don't because I'm more developed as a, as an adult, which is that you can just say complete bullshit. With, sorry, Jim. You can say absolute bullshit with complete confidence and act like it's it's more than just simply. You just said that sandwiches smell like bo with complete confidence. Like which is, I, I was saying, what is the commonality take a, take a, there, John? Craig, I, you you say, take a sandwich in a right person. Now. Take a sandwich in a person. <laughs> just any person on the street. You you there? Come here. Give me your armpit. <laughs> I mean, like a working man. Yeah. You you there? Singing, come on, Eileen. Come over here. <laughs> dum dum. Uh, poor old Johnny Ray. Pop a video. This music video is described as a celebration of the armpit. Come on, Eileen. Well, I mean, she did, if, she, if she asked. Um, there's a really good Trash Theory episode on Dexie's Midnight Runners. I'll find it for notes. Um, so this is uh, Reconcilable Differences. It's John Syracuse's program where uh, we make a podcast. A podcast is like a, I guess it's kind of like an internet radio show mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And we come here and we we talk about we talk about issues of the day. We you talk mean like about the magician. Yeah. <sighs> Did you ever hate that your name was John? 
Did it ever seem too yeah, planned? Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was definitely a thing. Like you know, when you, I was I mean, kid, you you were amidst. I'm guessing I've seen Goodfellas. Yeah, I'm guessing you were amidst a lot of people with like pretty similar names. Yeah, no, it's, Gen X did not have a lot of name diversity. A thousand Jennifers, Jennifer 50 and Johns. Jason. There's a baby yeah. book from the '90s called Beyond Jennifer and Jason. P- yeah, people baby. just don't understand how many Jennifers were in my school. It was out of control. There were so many Jennifers. There are names that are gone, lost. Uh, tears in rain. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you don't run into a Nancy. Like you used to? Yeah, no, I'm too young for that. Yeah. But you, you name, if I could say, we'll cut it if we need to, your daughter's, can I say your daughter's name? Sure. Okay. Your daughter's name is Kate. And I've always been bummed, don't tell her this, but I've always been bummed that I never dated a Kate. I would love to have a Kate in my life. <laughs> you, you, that's quite an ambition. You really, you have name slots that you need to be filled in your dating history. Just, for, just, to, to, just to round boob? it out. I should be into boobs? Like Just, to, just to round it out. You already said you were more developed than me. I am, but I, but I, <laughs> when I was a child, I, I lived as a child. I acted as a child, mm-hmm. and I set aside childish you d- you things. You developed your chest as a child. I developed my chest. <laughs> yeah, you're more developed than me. Come on, keep up. Oh, I, th- I thought the, I was going to be a joke about the... Xcode or no, something. No, you're more yeah. developed. It's a chest thing. No, I understand. Anyway, it's it's yeah. very good. Um, yeah. So this is a program where we talk to each other and uh, we address issues of the day and uh sounds like john's got a uh, an interesting uh i love the ones where i don't know I, I i understand like what generally the topic is but i love when i don't know where you want to go with it tell us tell tell listeners about the topic this week we will but first i have to use the after show uh this is an episode where we'll have to have special stuff this is a after, show that we do we talk about our differences market. we talk about issues of the let, day. Me, let me just let me tease the after show we'll get that we'll be real quick you'll see uh, if you would like to hear the after show and you're not currently a member, go to relay.fm slash rd slash join. Uh, you can subscribe and you'll be able to hear the after show. In this after show, we are going to do another round of best first favorite. I have two items that I want to get to. Merlin has added many more. I don't know how many yeah. we'll get to. Uh, it says maybe. Going... It says maybe on my Yeah, yeah that's right. But we're doing, doing, trying to do at least two more rounds of best first favorite in the after show. But here in the main show, our topic today is holiday plans slash planning. And mm-hmm. sub item, ideal versus actual. That's directly <laughs> that's, that's from our the channels. one I that's the one I like. Yeah. Well, so here's obviously it, it's we're this is the holiday season. It's December as we record this. Uh, it makes sense for this to be a topic. Uh, here's what I'm thinking with this topic. So one obviously is like, hey, what are your holiday plans? What are my holiday plans? Second thing is mm-hmm. the plan slash planning thing. Is the was it Eisenhower saying uh, the plan is nothing, planning is everything, whatever yeah, that one that's is. It. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I no, feel like that's, that applies. That's, that's the quote. Yeah. I feel like that applies to the holidays as well. And then the final thing is uh, setting aside what you're actually planning on doing in the plan versus planning thing. Uh, if you had your druthers, as they say, what would you do for the holidays? So that is the shape love of the, the, the topic that. here. Okay. So we can start with the first part. What are you doing for the holidays? I mean, I think our plan for the holidays uh, is very modest. Um, you know me, I always want to talk about the rules before we play the game. Um, for one thing, it's mm, uh, framed or prescribed by when people are off work, if we are planning to do anything. Um, you know, I think our kid gets two weeks off. This one's kind of weird. The kid gets the last week of December off and the first week of January, which probably wow, is... Wow, really? It's unusual, but there's a part of me that thinks that's probably kind of smart if you if you do want to like go anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're always at the at the uh, the mercy of where the twenty fifth 
falls in a given year yeah, and today sure. it falls on a monday so they can just say look you're you know you're gonna on friday the 22nd that's it'll be your last day of school then you get the weekend and then because exactly they, they usually exactly. don't want to you know have you go to school on christmas eve for example mm-hmm. they want to give you a couple days buffer before christmas and so that's, yeah that's, a, guess, good, that's like, a good point like wherever the 25th falls there's got to be things on either side you know just owing to the tradition of how be, we because of this. the theocracy we live in in this country it's a theocracy What's a theocracy? No, no. I do. You feel, you feel like we live in a theocracy? Is it, uh, you think the fact, that, infor- all, the you fact in- that school schedules are entirely arranged around the Christian holiday of Christmas is kind of theocratic. I'm mostly making a joke, though. Oh, okay, good. Because, you know, calendars are, are based on, like, you know, Roman stuff. I know, but, but school dead. vacation during winter is not just based on random stuff. It's let's make sure Christmas, you make sure you have Christmas off. Right. right? Wherever Christmas moves around. They don't move, the, they don't move winter break around for Hanukkah is all I'm saying. You observe Christmas even though you're a person who's not a person of faith. That's right. I, I celebrate the secular version of Christmas, which is increasingly the only version of Christmas. Is that a song? Do they have secular Christmas? Is that a song on the... Uh... It's probably an Adam Sandler song. Oh. This should be on the Joko. Have you have yourself a secular little Christmas? I don't know. That's not a big hit. <laughs> have yourself a secular Christmas. Last have secular Christmas I gave you, I gave you Christmas, my heart. But keep it to yourself. Um... Our plan is, we don't really have a plan. We're going to, um, we're, we're uh, you know, when you got a baby, you know, you have to like tour the baby like it's the new queen, like in the Are crown. The Remember when Elizabeth has to like go and be seen by all the, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. parts of the empire. And when you have a baby and you have a toddler, like, well, thank God there's so many, I think some photos, of some pretty cute little kids. There's a lot of little kids now. So there's less sort of, when I say demand, I don't mean economically, there's less like, demand bring us the baby we want but to you've smell. seen the baby i've seen you with these babies are there new babies since you've seen them or are you just making a second lap of the babies well i mean uh, my niece has two adorable sons um and my other niece has uh grand grand niece no niece my niece uh, my regular niece my other niece has a like a what six months old six month old baby um, so a lot of people will be, and they live in California. So a lot of the baby demand, child demand will be slaked by them. We'll go and visit at Christmas, spend two, again, spend two days in gold country. But no, our plan is to be here, do our thing. We have our own rituals. You know, we watch, uh, watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. We watch Clue for some reason. We watch Clue on Christmas morning. On Christmas morning? Really? I don't know how it started, but I said this in the document, but I believe it's true. Some of the best traditions, like you can't make a tradition unless you're weird and like obsessed with Martha Stewart, but there's a certain art to, I I put it best in the document. I write better than I talk, but you know, there's something to be said for realizing that there's something that, that has happened more than once in a group of people who like each other. And then that sort of becomes a tradition. One day, one day, Snot boogie. I went downstairs and I got the delivery food and I brought it up. And when I got to the top of the steps, I said this food. And then, and, and so now every time anybody picks up the food and brings it up, the person bringing up the food goes food. And then the people who uh, didn't bring it up but are going to eat the food respond by saying food. <laughs> now, I love that. That, like the hundreds of those in my life bring me unbelievable the way my friend rich castamore and i invented a handshake when we were 15 and my kid and i still it's the last thing when i say good night i love you and he says good night i love you um we do this handshake every night 
that kind of stuff is what it's about. You can put your, you can take your kids like you do. You can drag them to Owen Mills, dressed up like little Lord Fauntleroy. Drag, drag them to where? Oh, like one of those portrait places. I, I don't know what Owen Mills is. That's you're Owen Mills Ohio, is a very popular Ohio. chain of uh, mall-based family photograph places. O-L-I-N? O-L-A-N space Mills. O-L-A-N, the sin of O-L-A-N Mills, yeah. You spill your seed upon the mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never done that that I can remember, but um, there's still time. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. It's really honestly, jokes aside, like it's so deeply meaningful to me. And especially maybe as I get older, where I'll just turn to my wife sometimes and I'll go like, this is nice. Like, this is nice. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing bad happening. So yeah, our plan as it is right now is absolutely minimal. But, you know, as one learns in life, you know, it's a moving target. You respond to stuff as you go. We've got a good ass tree. I still haven't put Marlon Brando in the orange on it yet, so mm. I still need to do that. But uh, no, we don't have any plans to go anywhere. How about you? Were, were you involved in the planning, speaking of planning, the planning process? For, you know, because again, some people, uh, when does the plan take place? Like people who have to take off work, you have to look at the school calendar. You can look at that, I guess, at the beginning of the school year and say, when is, when, when is Christmas break for the kids this year? Right. When can you get off? Yeah, were you so involved spring break in the is planning? the one we do the most planning for, honestly. That, that's where we generally go somewhere. Like we went to Disneyland well, so one, one time. Was there a meeting for the holidays one to say, uh, just, do you, do you, just do you, to, do you want to, to guess? Recon- well, I'm like, it's like just to reconfirm, we're not going anywhere this year. Right. Did that meeting take place or was it just not? Set? Oh, I see. Like, let's just, let's just make sure we all agree on what we Are think. Are we all we on know? the same page here? Yeah. No, we didn't have that this year. Um, my, so as far as you know, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> You should you, ask the master the, of the house. You're the recipient of a quote I put on Mastodon the other day. You remember? You talk to the cowboy, not the horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the cowboy decides that. But um, my wife um, is unafraid to just do things and plan things. Sometimes, honestly, to my vexation, because I love her so much, but she does not plan for downtime or like, you know, when you got a baby, you learn about transition time, Mm -hmm. like how it's transitions are hard for everybody, but they're especially hard on like toddlers and little kids. Like, okay, it's time to clean up and wash our hands or it's time to start getting ready for bed or whatever. And like, you know, she plans these trips that are like, everybody comes back from Rhode Island, arrives at nine o'clock and the kids start school the next day. And I'm like, I wish you'd ask me about that stuff. But my wife has been unafraid to buy us a car, a refrigerator. Um, there's all kinds of things where we just have a thing and it arrives. Does that give you insight into my life at all? That's on my, my wife just buys a car. That, that's kind of why I asked about if you had been involved in any meetings involved, you know, related well, but, to planning. Like in fairness, I'm not throwing her under the bus at all. She's literally the greatest. But um, it's something where she knows all too well that, well, I think this is a fact about other people. Here's a fact about other people. Um, just people in general. Um, there are things that some of us care intensely about. And then a lot of things we don't care about. The tricky one is stuff we don't think we care about that we actually do. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the things where like, you don't realize that, I mean, stuff like, Hey, can you, when you get a car, I know this sounds dumb to you, sweetie, but could you, when you get a car, could you get one that has CarPlay? 
because I, I really like to track the progress on that, and it is something I can talk about on my show. I think you got an XY problem going on here. I would probably say before you buy a car, talk to me. That that it's her really car. solves. I don't a, drive it. I know, but still, you would like to be consulted, right? Mm. <laughs> You're going to passenger in that. I car. wish it had CarPlay. That's right. And then you, how would you find that out? You'd have to have one meeting and say, well, "By the way, I'm I mean, thinking of getting a new but, car." But Any like, concerns? He, you how you know how relationships go mm-hmm. where there's certain things that you're game to talk about all the time, what's for dinner kind of stuff. And there's other stuff that like it when you do talk about it, it kind of becomes a broader conversation, is what you're encouraging here. And honestly, I love the fact that she just goes and takes care of stuff for a lot of things that I would prefer not to do. It's remember, she's she's all about forest and I'm all about trees in our relationship. And it's only, it's my obsession with trees in some ways. Is that making sense? Does that analogy make sense? Yeah, I'm just saying the car purchase is the type of thing at least we get a mention. Not like you have to be involved, but at least you'd be like notified. I mean, ju- judge all you want, but I, I, that was not really a huge problem. The, 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 the fridge was rough because it ended up blowing our circuit when we plugged it in two days before mm. Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's before well, we learned on the, about well, on the fridge, though, what could you have really done? Would you would, would your participation have avoided that? Yeah, but I mean, like, you, John, I just wanted the guy to fix the oven. Mm, yeah. And so that's all trees. That's pure trees all the way down for me. But she is like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm like, oh, you, you sure? I'm, I can do them. She's like, no, I'll take care of it. And like, I turn around, I turn back, and in like three minutes, all the dishes are done flawlessly and the counter is clean, and all of those things. It takes me 30 minutes to do the... Not, not, I'm not trying to be bad at it, but I'm just not... I'm Maybe it's just my f- tree's attitude. But, but like, she can just... She has, like, this focus and this um, velocity. We know, we know who wears the executive function in this family. Well, when we talk... When you and I talk privately about the current thing, I have lots of stories about, like, just handing my wife the phone. She doesn't like to be handed things, Marlon. <laughs> The cowboy. You can start calling her the cowboy from now on. <laughs> that's, that's actually not bad. Now, I, I honestly don't mind that. It's more like, well, and then I feel like a little bit of a spoil sport sometimes because we don't need to sit there like somebody in a stock photo with maps and things like that. Like, you know, so, and sometimes it's a nice surprise. But yeah, um, for stuff like this, it's great. And she'll, t- she'll just take care of stuff like just book us the hotel room at this place or that place or whatever. And I'm eternally grateful that she just takes care of that stuff. Um, and, and I, f- I forgive my saying, because it sounds like I'm trying, I'm trying to be that guy who does the dishes bad on purpose. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is she is less, not only is she better at a lot of those things, she's less fretful about all of those things. Clearly. And that ends up making a difference for everyone's sanity. I'm fretful about everything, John. Speaking of a sanity and pictures and forests and trees, I know this is a slight tangent, but this is what happens during the program. I, you know, I pulled up that picture of the Whitman sampler and it's oh, in sorry, a browser yeah. window. Oh, and a new I, one. Okay. I didn't, I didn't close the browser window. So here I am, I'm talking to you and my eyes are resting on the screen and they're, they're seeing the Whitman sampler picture that I sent you. Yeah. Uh, and you, you want a, a red tiny, circle on it? tiny glimpse of what it's like to be me. Would you, would you take a look at that circled area? I have modified the image. And my I've, first guess I've was something was going to be out of alignment, and but I don't see anything. So what we're looking at here is the, so to make it pretty, you know, you can make your photos more interesting by having a diagonal. I don't know if y'all know that. Uh-huh. Making it, uh-huh. having, finding a diagonal on your photo can make it a lot more interesting than just trying to make it fit in the box. Um, so there's, there's a tray of candy. There's a second tray of candy at a 45 
degree diagonal. And then on top of that is the lid from the Whitman sample at the, the usual uh, degrees. I was going to, is it, I can't, I can't tell what I, it's in alignment. It looks like turds because it's weird candy. Is it something in the area next to the treat? Or it's the fact that it's not on the doily? The, I, uh, later in life, in my 40s, I, I came upon on the internet a term for this thing. The term doesn't really make sense ge- uh, geometrically, but it is the one term I've ever heard. And it's, uh, it was called tangents. Obviously, you know about tangents from geometry. Uh, well, remind, the, remind me. It's like where you have a line in a circle and the line touches the circle at a single point. It's the line is tangent to the circle. Okay. Right. The inside or the outside of the circle? The outside. Okay. Uh, well, it's a, it's a line. But anyway, yeah. Yep, um, so yep. um, in visual design, uh, when you have a tangent, it's kind of a catch-all phrase for items in a, in a, in a two-dimensional uh, illustration or whatever. Oh, the fact that the corner lines up with the 45-degree angle? Yeah, that, that imply a relationship that doesn't exist. The one you might know from photos is you take a picture of somebody it looks like they have a tree coming out of the top totally of their head. I totally know what you mean. Yes. Right? Well, I hate that. Oh, well, I'm not going to get mad because your wonderful wife took it, but that photo of us outside the Walgreens, mm-hmm. you got a light grown out of your head. Yeah, so that's that's a common one that a lot of people know about. But if you but are don't, of a, don't imply a connection that doesn't exist. Yeah, if it's you confusing. are of a vision, especially with drawings and stuff, because in a photo, it's like, well, you know, you forgot to look at the background. Too bad. But like, you didn't draw that light there, right? But if you were to draw a portrait of people, you would never draw light coming out of their head. Uh, and there are many other instances where, especially where where uh, item things in a, a picture just barely touch each other, especially if one is really far in front of the other, but they like they just they they, they don't overlap. But but it's a two dimensional. It's obviously touch. a two dimensional image, so it implies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the, the reason tangent I think is used is because you can get in a situation where two shapes barely touch each other, and it's like could they could they either overlap or be separated? Having them barely touch. Uh, again, it's not. It's like a. Uh, it's like a visual virus for people who ha- are of a visual bent. I look at this Whitman Sandler picture, and my eye is immediately drawn to the fact that the corner of that box is perfectly aligned with one of the ribs between the the pieces in the box. And yeah. I would never arrange it that way. If I took this picture, yeah. I would say this picture is no good. Throw it out. Start over. You've got to move that corner so it is not perfectly aligned with the rib in that box. Move the box up. Move the box to the left. Just yeah. you yeah. gotta gotta get that because that is that's bad and would wrong. It be, would it be worse if it almost lined up? <laughs> well, so, so think s- of it this way, y'all, because you don't see this. But imagine a ninety degree angle, the upper right corner of a rectangle. Now imagine that you drew a line at 45 degrees, starting with the, right at the point at the corner, and then going 45 degrees up. That's what this implies. And and, uh, and obviously the box in this image is supposed to be on top of the other thing. So again, yeah. they are they are distance wise, they are different distance. Well, from you us. can fix that. You could also fix that by making it like 42 degrees. But that would probably no. Upset you people. you don't you don't want any line coming out of that corner at all, right? Yeah. You need yeah. to offset it. So anyway, I learned something. There's something in 3D printing um, when I'm trying to struggle and eat. So I'm a newbie. I'm, I'm in no position to explain anything to anyone. But, you know, one of the things I, t- I talk about to folks who aren't familiar with 3D printing, if they're interested, is that like there's a lot more to it than you first think. And this goes for, for example, that that I told you when I printed out that layout of my house, it was it was not made to be a 3D print. 
It was just made to be a 3D scan. And I was, that's what amazed me about how well it turned out was I hadn't done any, any of the stuff you would normally do to make sure this makes an actual 3D object. One, a lot of you might know if you're a 3D printing person is how many outer walls do you want? So like the more outer walls you have, the more time it takes, but then the more, the stronger something is, you know, that kind of thing. But like, just assuming that you could scan something with your phone and print it and have it work. Nah, that's not how, that's not necessarily how it works. Unless it's really just to look at. But I learned this term. Have you ever heard the term non-manifold? You've uh, probably a heard topological of term. I don't actually know what it means, but I've heard it. Yeah, heard but it. like, there's this thing in 3D printing where like, I always, I've learned now with months of doing this, that when I download somebody else's STL, 3MF, whatever, I, I do inspect it for like, was this really made to be printed or is this something you just scanned and like put up? Because there is a difference and it matters in the sense that you're going to blow a lot of time and you're probably going to kill a lot of filament on a print that just will never really work. I had that capybara that broke. It was 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 a bad capybara, the way that it was titled. The way that it was designed was poor. And so like his little legs just would come off every single time but here's the one that blew my mind is when I've gotten certain things like especially sculptures, like art, you know, busts and stuff like that is what's called a non-manifold edge. Non-manifold geometry refers to any edge that is shared by more than two faces. The situation typically arises when a face or edge is extruded but remains in its original position. So it's like, it's kind of like a way of saying like, these things are touching and making a thing here. Are you sure that's what you want to do here? Because are you going to add the right supports for that? All this stuff that comes out of that. But I just thought that term was kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not, I'm, so I'm not sure. What is the actual definition of the word manifold in that instance? I'm sure there are many definitions. Yeah. And always. different pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Manifold day. Um, what's, what's your plans? So my, my plan planning thing. So the planning, I'll, I'll do the planning <laughs> part plan first. planning. Your yeah. Eisenhower plan. Yeah. The planning, the planning phase has mostly been the same for most of my adult life and involves looking at the schedules of all the people and seeing where they're all going to be. Um, as you know, ever since I left my jobby job to do this full time, I don't have to worry about how many vacation days I have left and where they are. I just have the same concern. I always so, have, so which you is, get, you get taken apart from preferences and, you know, non-obvious scheduling things, you're kind of out of the equation in terms of the the puzzle. Well, no, but I'm in the equation the same way I always have been since I've been doing this, which is I do have to move podcasts around. I mean, yes, we did some yes. of that last time we talked. Uh, so that still exists, but that is a flexibility that, you know, I work out with a, a small number of other people and have a lot more leeway than I did with vacation days. But of course, my wife still works, so she has her vacation days. And then both kids have whatever their school schedules are. It used to be you know, elementary, middle school, high school. Now my son's got his college schedule. Are they mostly in the same school at the same time or not? Uh, they're three years apart. So they had one year <sighs> overlap in high school. Okay. They, yeah, they yeah. weren't ever in middle school together. Uh, they were in elementary man, that's school. inconvenient. Yeah. But, you know, for drop offs and stuff. That's pain. Yeah. Going to two different schools for a lot of, yeah, we survived it. Um, yeah, so we did yeah. look at that, but, but really it's kind of every year with the, the holiday planning for Christmas for the, for the winter holidays, I never want to go anywhere during the winter holiday. And and just just real quick, is that in contrast to other 
occasions where people tend to travel like say thanksgiving are you less do you have a less strongly held feeling about no, i'll say like i never want to travel as you know see Hobbit yeah, 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 yeah. Ages Hobbit, ago. Hobbit. but i but i want to travel even less during the winter so that includes thanksgiving which is also winter-ish because i don't want to go places when it's cold i don't want to go places when everyone else is traveling i don't want to travel anywhere in the dark and there's less daylight you know in the in the winter months so if at all possible ever since you know forever and when i've been an adult and been able to have some influence of where i go for the holidays my preference my very very strong preferences do not go anywhere for the holidays yeah thanksgiving mostly because like traveling is a madhouse obviously you know it's all amateurs you know it's all it's not like business travel and like even before 9-11 i didn't want to go there for thanksgiving (laughs) right Right, you're right and then christmas especially since we had kids very strongly been of the mind that I want to have Christmas morning in my house. Mm-hmm. Just like that, you know, and yes, I, I, I also feel, don't want to travel. I during. feel very personally strongly about that. When the kid was very little, I think one morning we drove all the way out to Walnut Creek to be with the relatives. Cause it was a brand new baby. And I think at that point, maybe some relatives were here, but I, I agree with you. It's, it's that, that tree is the most fun in some ways on the height of the season. And it's nice to be in your own home for that. And there's something special about that. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to be that, that to be the predominant memory of my children about Christmas was Christmas morning, this morning in their own house. It's not to say we didn't, haven't traveled for Christmas and we've done Christmas morning at relatives houses a few times. So I know what it's like, but my preference has always been Christmas morning. And my, obviously my kids are older now, so they don't care that much, but I, I still don't want to travel anywhere. And I want Christmas to be in my house. Now, occasionally we've had people come out to our house and you entertain them for Christmas, but still we, we'd have Christmas morning. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, sometimes they, you know, my parents would stay over. I think they're doing that this year. And, and so they'll, they'll be here on Christmas morning as well with the kids, which was, you know, bigger deal when the kids were toddlers or whatever. Um, but that, I feel like this phase of my life is ending because my parents are getting kind of old to travel and my kids are getting older and don't care about this stuff anymore. So we'll see what the next phase looks like. But the planning process for the past, you know, 18 years has been, uh, just to confirm, we're not going anywhere for Christmas, right? And then it's a question of, is anyone coming here or are they not? We've had Christmases where we just had our Christmas together at that our house. That would be something where your wife heard about, you know, Aunt Sue wants to come visit, like, but you hadn't heard it yet? Oh, yeah, it's just a question of, uh, you know, is anyone traveling to us for Christmas? Are we going anywhere for Christmas? I mean, but like, for example, like uh, my ex used to say, the the wife is usually the, the social head of the household. Does that get filtered through her? I, I think we mostly tag team that. And there's, there's there's a kind of a rotation in terms of who's traveling. Uh, you know, like it's it's mostly uh, my parents because my uh, my wife's parents aren't traveling. Well, my wife's uh, father is no longer with us. Uh, mm-hmm. but her mother is basically out of the traveling game at this point. So if you're going to see can, her, can I ask going, roughly where she lives? You're going to her. She's, uh, in the Chicagoland area. Okay. Um, oh, man. and that'd be nice. Right. And, but then my parents, uh, you know, the, their kids are scattered about. So it's like, where are they, where, who are they going to be with for Christmas? They can't be with all the kids. Right. Unless we all go there, but pretty soon my parents are going to be out of the traveling game as well. So if we want to see them during the holidays, we're going to be going to them. It's one of the things that happens when you get old, your kids come to you instead of you coming to them. So we're just at the tail end of that. But anyway, the planning process was more or less just to confirm standard year. uh, Where are we in the rotation? My parents are coming to us uh, this year. We're having Christmas here. Same old stuff. That's the planning. The actual plan is the same as it ever was. We've got our tree. We're going to decorate our tree. We're going to do all our normal traditions. 
um, plan. We have we have meal planning. What are we going to have for Christmas dinner? Which is not as easy as Thanksgiving. Tell tell me uh, tell me if you can say if you're comfortable. Tell me one of your favorite traditions. We actually, we actually talked about this recently on uh, uh, an ATP member special. Um, but yeah, the that was it's one of the one of the topics. I guess my favorite traditions are the standard ones. I talked a little bit about the tree. I'm I'm kind of big on the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know there's there's a hassle aspect to the tree because we get a real tree. Yeah, uh, us too. Mostly mostly at my insistence. Uh, but I feel like I don't really want to budge on that one. I my I think my mother forced us to have a fake tree for a few years. If you if you get one of those nice that one company, my wife bought one of their trees for our bedroom this year. But like the thing is, if you there are really nice pre lit, collapsible, beautiful, reusable Christmas trees. The two things to know is one is they cost a lot more than you think. If if it doesn't cost more than you think, you're gonna hate it. One of those trees that is not well made, which we've had for a while, is is terrible. To have one of those. It's the worst. Uh, and the second thing is, if you're going to buy one, you should do it in July. So it does take a lot of forethought. Yeah, I really just, I mean, it's a, more of a sensory experience for me. I need the smell. I need the real tree. I need the actual oh, natural object with totally. warts we and all. Re- we have a wreath on our door, and it smells so good to walk into the house. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just need that to be there. And I like the challenge of trying to arrange and decorate an actual natural thing. Yes, I know they cut Christmas trees to make them cone-shaped. I know they're not actually naturally that shape. But still, in general, like, you're dealing with a, a thing that grew that way, and, and it may have been trimmed or whatever, it's, but it's but like, I enjoy that. are nice. It's wabi-sabi. I like that. It's it's a mastery, you know, man versus nature. Mastery mm, of nature. I'm John going to Henry, bend, yeah. going to bend nature to my will by decorating this tree, but I'm still, in the end, I'm going to have a natural object John, in those my trees house. John, this tree's gotten very, very expensive. Are you aware of I this? Mean, the f- real trees, you mean? Yeah, we bought one that's, I mean, fits easily in our house. I love our tree this year, um, but it was 175 bucks. Yeah, so you got a little bit of San Francisco price inflation, but I think about it when I'm shopping for trees because when I was uh, a kid and we one of our houses, our, the final house that we moved to across the highway, uh, had a room that had very high ceilings in it, like the, mm-hmm. like like the roof line. It was like a you know vaulted ceiling, whatever type of thing. Yeah. So we had maybe I don't know fifteen feet right for a tree, and so eventually we started getting oh, wow. bigger and bigger trees because we would. Oh, we'd that, put them in, that's a horse of a different color, my friend. Well, we'd put them in the corner, so like they'd be where the slope of the roof is. So if if the tree was slammed against the wall, it would just be eight feet. But as you move the tree away from the wall, now you got room for nine feet and ten feet. You know, do your yes. Pythagorean thing, right? Um, so we never got one that really went up to the full height, but we got ones that went pretty close to the full, like 15 feet of the ceiling. Wow. And we used to pay for those. I remember being, uh, you know, shocked by how expensive they were when I was a kid. This is, you know, this is the uh, late eighties, early nineties. And my dad would pay. I think of a Christmas tree being 50 bucks. Yeah. My dad would pay like 125, $130 for a Christmas tree. I was like, wow, that's expensive. Wow. That's substantial. But if you do the inflation calculation on it, the tree I'm buying now should be much more expensive than it is. My tree that I have in here, I think was only like 120 well, bucks. I'm, I'm like, Madeline pointed me to an article when we were bitching about this, pointed me to an article that said, I don't know what the National Christmas Tree Authority or whatever said that like last year, I think was like a crazy jump. And then this year's was a more modest, like 20, it was last year, supposedly that, I don't know if it was, I can't say if this is in the listeners community, but that, yeah, the, the, basically it went, went up a lot last year and then a little bit this year. 
but that is surprising. It seems like the inflation would make. I mean, but you're you're paying way more than I am. Like I've never paid one hundred seventy five dollars for tree. Now, granted, I'm not buying twelve foot, thirteen foot trees. I'm buying seven and a half foot trees. This is probably seven foot tree. Yeah, so I've got I've got seven and a half feet in my little New England house here. So it's not a a giant tree, but it's always over a hundred. But it's been pretty stable for the twenty years that we've lived here, and it hasn't. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm surprised that I'm paying the same price that my dad paid for Christmas trees. Absolutely, that 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 is anomalous. Yeah, he was getting a bigger tree, and I think it helps being in New England. Honestly, the trucks carrying the trees have to travel less far from the Christmas tree farms. Maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, the tree the tree is a big thing with me. Are you are you picky about lights? What do you think? Like so, yeah, some, some people uh, have extremely strong feelings. Like again, my uh, ex uh, had I a very do. strong feeling that there was no their, her whole family had this thing. It's not anti-Semitic, I swear. But they did not no blue. You can have no blue in Christmas title. Um, and so that was that was a huge thing. But also the bulbs had to be the old school. Did you see the technology connection on bulbs? The recent one. They're always complaining about the LED ones. That was a fascinating one, I've, but yeah, I've, I've seen, I, I, I know I Madeline wants Madeline prefers in her mind anyway only white lights, and they can't be too bright. I mean, they should yeah. be bright, but they, you know, that's one of the things. Whatever that guy's name is, what's his name? Brandon. Who knew his name? Who the technology connections? Guy? Yeah, Alex A L E C, I believe. Okay, I, I really enjoy him. You can see my name in the credits. Um, yeah, and he was like, "That's the problem. Some of these, if you want to really get the look of an old Christmas tree." It, it, they can't be too bright and they can't be too blue. You know what I mean? But like some people just have very strong feelings about that stuff. And it ties into a previous subtopic of, you know, tradition. Like the kid always puts the first ornament on the tree, right? Or you're like, you know, or like when I was a kid, putting the angel on top was my job, you know? Yeah, we have huge amounts of history and tradition because basically, first of all, everything we're putting on a tree for the most part is like 90% of it are ornaments from my childhood oh that's wonderful and then the 10 percent of it are ornaments that we bought like sort of together you know like we got a christmas ball from our the college that my wife and i went to together yeah, yeah. uh we, we go on vacation you get some christmas ornament that gets hung in the tree for a while we, we, we were do doing that we've, thing. Now we've that's become a thing in the last five years especially we're like when we go to monterey bay aquarium like we pick up we were at we were at moma at a museum and, and picked up an edgar Allan poe because my kid likes edgar Allan poe stuff like that i love that or when my kid picked out a beatles like ringo kick drum at target like i, I love those things and it's 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 kind of like these little layers of nostalgia where yeah i mean there's a few i'll tell you in a minute about the sad story of my childhood christmas ornaments but i still have a few left over and it's always a thrill to see them and put them on and it's it's one of those i'm in a mood right now i've been sick i'm not well i'm okay don't worry but like i'm having a moment and one of those was like it's kind of lovely how a christmas tree to state the obvious with ornaments that you really like on it is it's such a collection of little bits of your life that you revisit once a year. And it's, I think it's lovely. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I mean, you can look at my tree and I can identify like, you know, here's the ornament that my sister made when she was three. And like, and now it's on my tree. And like, here are the ornaments that my parents like. I know which ones my dad liked, which ones my mom like. I know which ornaments were like given to them uh, for, for their first Christmas. And something like Sometimes like this ornament always goes in this one place, which is yeah. weird to everybody except that person. But I love that stuff. Yeah, we've got a, uh, a uh, stained glass Rudolph. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, but the, the, the nose part of it doesn't have any stained glass in it. It's just a little ring. And you got to put a red, uh, you got to hang that so a red Christmas light goes into the nose. Oh, 
That's how that thing works. Matt, Matt, Matt Howie turned me on to those twinkly lights a few years ago. And Madeline was initially this year. She doesn't remind me. I did the lights last year. I have a very strong feeling about lighting a tree, but very bad technical skills at making it happen. I, I'm a big believer, especially with white lights. I'm a big believer in getting them tight and near the trunk, like focusing on having them, the tree glow from within. Whereas other people like the more like Ralphie Christmas story look of those giant bulbs just hanging on the end and stuff like that. But I was like, you know, these twinkly lights, they'll be any color you want and they'll be any brightness you want. And she, because she lit it this year, she was delighted to see that, and this is not an ad for Twinkly, but um, thank you, Matt Howie. They were, they're so much easier to put on. She just said it like four times in the half hour she was doing it. Like, this is so much easier to do than other lights. There's something about those Twinkly lights and like, they're just easier to deal with. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think I know what you mean by Twinkly lights. I need to see these. Look up uh, Twinkly, like it sounds. And mm-hmm. it's LED lights. Um and so the idea is, you, let's say you put your lights on the tree, best you can, maybe you light them up before you do it, whatever. Then you take out your phone, you point yeah, it at the tree, and it, it uncannily maps the LED bulbs uh, to like where they are, enabling you to do really wackadoo patterns. But at the heart of it, Twinkly is just a thing of where like it's just a the app, the, the lights, the whatever, and they have all kinds now. They've gotten very sophisticated. They're not that expensive, really, but... Um, I love the scan the thing with your phone because then you can do wackadoo effects if you want. But it also then just makes it really easy to like. I just to, like well, the one we've been sticking with that I love makes it sounds nuts, but it makes a rainbow from the bottom up, a rolling rainbow mm-hmm. that's just beautiful. And then, but sometimes when I'm just hanging out at night, I'll turn on the one that's because it combines lights, color, lights on or off, color, brightness. But then you they have layers. You can, it's almost like Photoshop. You can add a layer that's just, okay, but do you want lights that just twinkle? So in addition to your beautiful blue lights toward the center, your outer lights could be just gently twinkling and it creates some really memorable effects that are not as dorky as it sounds. Or if you want white lights that are this bright, you just hit that, save it, make it a preset. Yeah, this can be something my kids can do because these are never going to be on my tree. What do you do, what do, you do for what do you do for lights? <laughs> I was just talking to, when we were putting up the lights uh, this year. I was telling my wife, "What are we going to do if these lights ever break?" Because I'm pretty sure you can't buy them anymore. I have the Christmas lights that were basically the modern fancy Christmas lights in 1978. Uh, so they're not the so big this is ones. Pre, this is whoa. So this is pre fairy lights. Yeah. So they're not. They're yes. Yeah, so they're not the big ones that you're thinking of that were like yeah, you know right, right. like 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 the size the of classic, like your thumb. Like if you were going right. to make a cookie that looks like a a bulb from Christmas tree type. Yeah, they are instead the the ones that are very small, like thinner than a pencil cylinders that come to a little point. They're incandescent. They come in the colors you expect them to come in. They're green, blue. There are blue ones, red, you know, yellow, whatever. Uh, they're, they're very, you know, again, they're incandescent. Who knows how much power they use? They have the million different wires. They're the ones where if you touch one light, some of them go out and you can't figure out why. Yeah, Those it's lights. frustrating, but don't worry. Yeah. Your refrigerator is way worse than your Christmas tree. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. So the, those are those lights and, and wrangling those is part of the challenge. They do not blink. They do not flicker. They do not do anything. They light up and they stay lit. <laughs> like like the windows in your finder you, you put them somewhere and they stay there and the, yeah and the ornaments are also from the the 50s 60s 70s and 80s mostly i have christmas balls uh you know which are shiny they have a cream for that now 
Yeah, red, 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 shiny spheres on a Christmas tree. Uh, they have garland that goes around it. I did tinsel when I was a kid on my parents' tree, but I can't handle it now. Um, so I do have the garland that, that goes around it. And I've got. I used so to love that one when I was a kid. Now I honestly just for myself right now as I sit here, it's kind of trashy for my taste. I, but, I, it can it can be done like, well. No, 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 but, no, 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 there's no question. And I'm not I'm not I'm not yucking on anybody's yum, but we've all got preferences. And I love the diversity of what people do with a Christmas tree. Yeah, it, but, excluding my grandparents, who you had the same because my grandfather was cheap as hell. They had this a silver Christmas tree that was about four feet high that they would put on a table, and then they would put exactly twelve silver ornaments on it. And it was the most it was like what you'd see in a barbershop. <laughs> barbershop Christmas tree. Our tree pretty much looks the same every year and that's kind of my goal uh, again my kids trees are going to look different maybe they'll have twinkly lights i don't know but like i'm not going to do that this is not something to fight this is something to embrace and adore i i mean maybe so we were talking about this like once the kids are out of the house we're probably not going to get a big tree like this maybe we'll get like an old person tree my grandparents had a tree that would like sit on an end table you should get a barbershop tree like my grandpa like a, had like a little tiny one you know what i mean Grandpa used to say, you, you know, he told me how to wipe. Did I ever tell you about that? He taught me how to wipe. You did not tell me that. You told me you have uh, anxiety that you might be doing it wrong. And if I, I don't have anxiety. I have, certainty. I have certainty that I've never actually learned how to wipe correctly. And I think everyone should share that. But well, you know, he's the kind of guy that would say, he would, he would talk about how much he loved this friend of his he used to work with. And he said, John Clump, you take a paper, one paper towel and you, you use it at lunch and then you fold it and you put it under your placemat and you use it again at dinner. My grandfather said in wiping, you need exactly six sheets of toilet paper you need three for a first pass and three for a second pass any more than that is just wasteful what do you think about that uh i don't think that's i don't think it's like a one-size-fits-all kind of thing there he was not a good tipper either so it's really not surprising yeah i'm trying to i'm gonna try to find a picture of uh my tree to send you Uh, but the beautiful part of this john that i just want to remind you of even though you know it is that whatever your kids do next in life and Christmas, it's going to be neat to see how things that mean, you know, so this is, again, this is one of those things like, I saved this for you. Do you want it? And you're like, not God, no, mm-hmm. Ew, no, thank you. But it's, I think it's delightful in watching your kids, whatever, I'm in a mood, watching your kids grow and seeing the parts of them that, if you like, are like you, less interesting to me. More interesting to me is like the little, the weird transmogrification of things like traditions and things like, you know, they're going to have that forever. It doesn't mean, you know, just because they don't want their big wheel doesn't mean they don't love you. I think it's exciting to see how these things evolve. Yeah. So here, it, please ignore the peeling paint, which you I've told you about, but maybe you have never really fully internalized. But anyway, it's in this picture. Please ignore it. Is this um, your house? Yeah, oh, this is wait, not one of my when? better from trees, when? but look how box stock. Look how tidy, looks. look how tidy all the packages are. It looks oh. like a, it looks like Sims. Yeah, but like, so this, this wow, is not you, one you of my better do, trees. You don't do them all chock-a-block all over the place? You put your no. presents in, in a grid? That's not a grid. They're just nicely arranged. It's a grid. If I look at that, look at that. If it's, I hit like, command, it's like a city. If I hit, mm, well, cities are grids, John. If I hit command one and looked at this from above, I, I would I would see I would see a grid. Yeah, you should you should see this when the kids were little and the, all their packages were huge. Because this is a Billy, recent Billy always makes a throne out of his presents. Yeah. He takes all his presents and then we take a photo of him sitting in the throne. 
This is beautiful. That's a beautiful tree, John. And it's got uh, Mario. It's got a Mario star. Yeah, that's a recent addition. So it's not like we don't change things because the Mario star was was a thing that uh, my wife and I thought was cute. We normally don't have room for a star because our ceilings are so low. Uh, <laughs> and you can see the challenge. This is a misshapen tree. <laughs> it's it's a misshapen tree and it was difficult to oh my it was god like a little bit too skinny but you do what you can i love you do doing what a podcast can. with you but i'm so glad i'm not your wife anyway um we have anyway. she picked out the tree this year and it is very differently shaped but if you look at all the or, these ornaments on here you can see the old ones that look like they're from the 50s or 60s you can see the modern ones that have pictures of our kids in them obviously things that we made little crafty things things from vacations yeah. we went on uh, it's it's quite a collection. Yeah, I, I I have to say I do like a chaotic diversity of ornaments. Yeah, and we definitely have. We're, we're probably the only family in our neighborhood that has two different William Shatner ornaments. We got mm-hmm. one of him fighting Sulu with a sword. We tried to get the one from the end of Wrath of Khan, but it was sold out. I love those. Like we've got the last three seasons of uh, Doctor Who ornaments, so we've got ten. We got ten. Then last year we got four, we recently got four, and then the other day we got 11. And they're beautiful. You can see on the tree, four is the only, I, ha- mm. I was going to make a joke about how, okay, I'm done. All we need is Tom Baker on our tree. <laughs> I love that though. Some people, again, some people like my grandfather, God bless him. God, I'm always dragging my grandfather. He's totally dead. <laughs> you understand? He died on the toilet like Elvis, mm-hmm. like, like a gentleman. But boy, he really liked order and he liked, oh, it was so funny though, John, because it is like something out of a cartoon where he goes, he puts the tree down, he, he th- like throws the lights on it, then opens a box of 12 silver balls and distributes them evenly on the tree and yeah. he's done. It's like six minutes. Uh, the, the the Christmas balls are my big thing. They're the most important like ornament as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It looks like, like a red ball. There, you can see them on the tree. There's mm-hmm. the, the Christmas balls that are there. The Christmas balls I've been putting out a tree since I was a kid. These Christmas balls, I think, are older than I am because I think they predate me when my parents were using them. And they are the most important. They are the foundation of this tree, those Christmas balls. And everything else is sort of woven in between them. You can see the Christmas lights here. You got a green and blue and red. I like those the way you put that. The they're, they're almost like the foundational ornaments. Yeah. Like the, the, the A plus ultra or whatever. Like this is what we need on the tree. Everything else is gravy. Uh, and also, you know, the uh, tarot cards where you get the, in the thing where they turn the card over and sometimes you get the hanged man. You know that? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you will zoom into the middle, uh, vertically middle, slightly left of center of the Christmas tree picture. You hung a snowman? That is an ornament that I hey, believe. Un- unintentionally, unintentionally hanged. Uh, I think either me or my sister made that when we were very young. It's what is a snowman. It's it? a cloth? With yeah, like, it's a cloth, like stuffed cloth or something? snowman. It's like, imagine three circles of the snowman. The big one, the slightly smaller one, and then the smaller kind of, one. Kind of elongated. He's kind of like a Slender Man snowman. Slender right. Snowman. And he's on an angle. Uh, but the way that this craft, this handicraft that we were making when we were children was like, okay, now you'll hang this on the tree. And the way they decided to hang it on the tree was to wrap the uh, red string around the snowman's neck and say, now you'll hang it on the tree. And over the years... It looks like a train robber. The neck has stooped to the point (laughs) where it looks like we are lynching Mm -hmm. a snowman. It really really does. That is another... He knows what he did. Another traditional ornament that is on our tree. The extremely poor taste hanged snowman. But isn't that... But isn't that fun? Yes, that's part. That's part of it. It's part of the tradition. Do you see the one right above that, where it's a felt Christmas tree that says J O H N and in sparkles on it? I made that when I was like two. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's me. When, that, I to, cut, when I used to when I used to cross my J. Yourself. Oh, you don't cross your J anymore? No, I, I stopped crossing my J in third grade. I think that's one nice thing about your name is it's got a lot of room for the human soul. Okay, I like that. Um, we used to live in a rental, 
as, as it happened, we got free rent because my parents were the property managers for this part of where we lived when I was little. From like two to 10, we lived in this area in Cincinnati that's now pretty bad. But, um, but you know, you get a storage area where you can put your stuff in a small storage area with a door. For some reason, um, at some point during the year, someone broke into our storage shed and stole all of our Christmas ornaments. It's the Grinch. It could be. Could You're just be. taking them back for repairs. That's it. Oh, right. Remember Cindy Lou Who? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Um, and so my mom and my grandma were like, fine, let's do it. We got a few months. Let's go to town. And my grandmother, who is crazy crafty, really good, um, had a whole area of her, what we used to call the utility room, where, for craft projects. And she was amazing. She made decoupage. She made string art. You know, she'll make a string art owl. But, um, and they, re- they made all of these ornaments. Um, I don't know if they're from, exactly from scratch, but you know the kind that kind of looks like it used to be like bread dough? That kind of like um, plaster, maybe, or plaster of Paris. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That style. And they made several dozen new ornaments for us. And to me, th- again, this is why I don't cross out people in photos, right? I, I know other people do. I do not, because those people were part of my life, and crossing them out is, to me personally, weird. It sucks that our Christmas ornaments got stolen, but it's awesome that they made all these other ones, and I've got five or six of them. I got one of my favorites when I was a kid. I'll send it to you, if I may. Is this, I like this gingerbread man that they made. And we, you know, we bought a few, kind of like Christmas, like your balls. But like, it, it gives me joy to put that gingerbread man on the tree or the puppy in a stocking. Yeah. We, we had a gingerbread man very much like that, uh, that I believe someone, probably my mother, made uh, before I was born. And, I, and since it looks like a gingerbread man, my sister, who was very young at the time, tried to take a bite out of it, and it tasted terrible. Oh, well, you know, you learn. That's like me and the baker's chocolate. No, she took her. She was a slow learner. She used to take a, try to take a bite. <laughs> she used to try to take a bite of the uh, the soap in the bathtub more than one time. Obviously, you do she, that once. It sounds like she's a seeker, John. Yeah, it looks like ice cream. So you're a little kid. You do it once. Uh, she had took a couple bites before she laid off the soap. That's a hell of a thing. I'm sending pictures now of my kid in the present throne. Oh, that dog is great. I love the little doggy. Don't you love the dog with the with the with the sparkles on it? Mm-hmm. Dog um, in a sock. Yep. And the, that's the stocking. And there's, there's a doggy and there's a kitty. You got you got the you got the you got the Beatles drum next to your gingerbread thing there. Yeah, yeah. And I'll find like say last year's tree to give you a feel. So our plans so far, Christmas. <laughs> Is this, was the throne before or after Game of Thrones? <laughs> it's like the Iron <laughs> Throne. I think I think it was uh, I think it was after, but unrelated. Um, Christmas tree photos. Oh, and then you can see the, the 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 broom. I give my wife I give my wife a broom every year. Mm-hmm. You know that story? Clean sweep. Yeah, for a new broom. They say in England, but but you know how that started? Where, um, God, my kid was so little, probably a toddler. And I was like, look, you know, I know the usual stuff, like workout clothes, things on your Amazon list, you know, that kind of stuff. But I was like, you know, what, um, like, what, what's something you'd really like? She says, you know, I'd really like a new broom. And I said, Madeline Steinus, man, if I give you a broom for Christmas, I will never live it down. And you'll be able to tell people I gave you a broom. I mean, like, that's like giving somebody soap for their birthday. It's, 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 it's odd. But of course, guess what? Now it's a tradition. And she gets a different kind of broom 
Billy and I go out and figure out a broom that she doesn't have. It brought us a corn husk broom last year. That's the best broom I've ever used. It's brought her something from like Daiso, like a tiny little Japanese broom. And this year, the plan is we're going to get her a series of really nice dustpans. Don't tell her. I was going to say, you had to get... Uh, <laughs> She's when, not going to hear this. When I was a kid, my both of my parents called. We had like a little a dustpan and a little thing you sweep stuff into the dustpan with. But what did your parents... Like a, like a lobby broom? Well, you, you know, like it's a... You know what a dustpan is? And then the thing that you... A handheld yeah. broom well, that so you Yeah, we use. have something called a lobby broom, which is like a, a movie theater where you've got uh, a, a, a nest inside of this thing. You take it off, you've got a, a small broom in your right hand. Or yeah. whatever. And your left hand, you've got a thing that clump goes down to be swept into. Kind of. But anyway, what did your parents call that when you were a kid? Did they have a different name for that that pair of tools? Mm, nothing I know of. My parents called it a foxtail and shovel. They ca- your parents called it a foxtail. I called it, I called it a foxtail and shovel for most of my life until I basically became an adult and realized nobody else says foxtail and shovel. No, that's like when you accidentally use the family word for poop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We, we, had a, we, had a, we had a family word for poop. One time, um, I'm visiting, a, a, Jesus, this episode is brought to you by my late grandfather. <laughs> he, came, he walked into the room and said, oh, Sheila, Merlin went kumi kumi. And so he just made up words like that. He called shoes blukas. I think he might have been deranged. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was from South America. And, mm-hmm. and, so, uh, and so for my entire childhood, you would say I have to go kumi. And then sometimes, kind of like when Ralphie accidentally calls the teacher mommy, you'll sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, it slips out that you got to go Kumi. You ever, did you ever, do you have a poop name in your family? No. My, my mother was very clinical, used all the medically correct names for everything. Did she call your dong your penis? Mm-hmm. Did you? I mean, I really didn't refer to it too much, but. Did uh, you give it a name like Charlene? Did not. Okay. Well, it's nice I, I'm, to look I'm, at these Christmas photos. I'm Googling for Foxtail and Shovel, which I assume was some kind yeah, of like, like depression, in, like, depression era name reference for reference to something? No, I think that's just what a bunch, what people called it in some sub-community that somehow influenced my parents. Like, and I can't find anything about it. I don't know. Well, listeners, do. if you have any gander why, about, why did my parents call it a Foxtail and Shovel? Why did they, that's really I assumed unusual. I would Google for it and it would be like, yeah, during the depression, everybody called it that. But no, I'm not seeing it. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I have Not that my parents movies. were born during the Depression, but I'm saying like it's one of those carryovers from past generations. Why did I call it a fox down shovel? That's what my parents called it. You cut the ends off the roast. Exactly. And then, <laughs> but anyway, I stopped. Now it's just a dustpan and a broom. Why? You should bring that back. What's wrong with you? Why separate foxtail? Why? Se- 